Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Triple P. Preds Pucks, be noise. This is Justin Bradford along with Matt Best. It's been a while. And you know what? We figured right after game four would probably be the best time to give our most immediate Twitter hot take reactions to this season for the National Predators, this playoff series for the National Predators, and what we think should be next for the National Predators. I know Matt has been paying close attention to so much other stuff going on in the NHL. We had him on the PBR live show uh, just to talk about everything else. And I know he has a series he's watching very closely in Toronto uh, as well, too. But Duh. also just with his job with sports betting and everything, too, he has to pay attention to so many different aspects of it. So we'll, we'll get into that as well, too. But Matt, your instant reaction to the Predators having a lead for all of a couple minutes <laughs> in game four and getting swept for the first time in franchise history. Remember before the playoffs started, Sutter from the Flames said, whoever plays the Avalanche is just, it's a waste of eight days. I'm not going to say it was a waste, because I think a waste is a very harsh term to use there, but this is pretty much what a lot of people expected. I mean, if there was going to be a sweep in the first round among many of these matchups, this was it. I mean... The least surprise. This would have been the series where if the Preds won, it would have been the most surprising, no question, hands down. This would have been the holy shit, like, I can't believe they moved on <laughs> series. The Avalanche sweeping the Preds is the most, yeah, we saw that coming. It's out of all of them. I mean, not a lot of these other series have sweep written on the wall. The Kings in Edmonton or the Oilers, that doesn't really have sweep. The Kings are pesky this year. And if you go down the Preds and, like, why they lost... I mean, I could name maybe three players who played, I hate this term so much, a full 60 minutes in this game <laughs> four. Uh, there weren't a lot of players that showed up. I mean, it's unacceptable that Philip Forsberg got his first point of the series in game four. It, it doesn't matter how much bad puck luck you have or anything like that. Your top players in the playoffs are supposed to step up. This is completely different from a regular season where if you go four games without a point, you shrug it off. No one really cares. No one really gives a damn about it. But in the playoffs, you are expected, especially the guy who David Poyle said, we're going to keep you and go on a run with you. Well, that wasn't a run. That was <sighs> kind of sad. And and here's the thing. Uh, Saros might have been able to steal one game for them. Maybe. Might. Maybe. Right. The outcome of the series and I think most of you are with us on this. The outcome of the series was not going to be changed by Yusuf Saros. It would have been a little more competitive in games. Sure. Maybe a little closer in the game one. <laughs> but when your star winger doesn't score, you're not giving much goal support, and you're having to depend on Yakov Trenin, who, who great for him, but relying on a depth player to keep you in the game. It's not boding well overall. And here's the thing. The Colorado Avalanche won with their backup goalie. Yeah. Paolo Francouz. I mean, he, he had to come in in relief. <laughs> Cold and still got the victory. And Connor Ingram, especially given the situation that he was throwing into, he wasn't even the backup. He was the AHL starter and got thrown into this. I mean, he had a couple NHL games. He obviously had practiced with the team a little bit, but – David Riddick had been practicing with this team all season, so you think that you know they would know 
more of his tendencies, the way he reacts. That's the thing I've been telling people too, is like the reason why it's important for Riddick to get the start at first, because you have to know how a goaltender is going to play the puck. Every goaltender plays the puck differently and how they react to things, where their rebounds typically go, just how everything works. And you read that in practice, you get to know. I mean, obviously playing with Pecorine would be very different than playing with a Chris Mason. And it absolutely was. Yeah. Pecorine and Finns overall play the puck a lot more. They're taught to. That's part of the Finnish goaltending school is how they play the puck. And so same thing, Riddick obviously doesn't play the puck here as much. Saros plays the puck a little bit. He's getting there. Connor Ingram, very different because you barely know him. And he had to come up because David Riddick couldn't get the job done at all. And Connor Ingram as, did as best as he could in this. But that doesn't change anything of how this series is going to turn out. And it all, I don't want to say it all comes down to because that's a hot take. That's a hot take phrase. Yeah. It makes you think so much of two things. Point one seconds and blowing a four goal lead. This team had two opportunities to avoid playing the Colorado Avalanche in round one, and they blew it. Yep. They <clears throat> they 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 chipped everything into their own grave. They marked their own grave because of their own mistakes to finish out the regular season. Point one seconds. Pretty bad. And blowing a four goal lead, a four nothing lead against the damn shitty Arizona Coyotes who had nothing to play for except for it being the last game in an arena that doesn't want them. Any any (laughs) other team in the West right now in the playoffs, this was the only matchup where I said the Preds get swept. All the other ones, I mean, against the Wild, I think that would have gone to five or six. The Blues, I think that goes to seven. The Flames, I think that goes to six. Stars, I think it goes to six Oilers five Kings seven between the two teams like this was the only series where I looked at it and this was the most confident I've been in actual years of calling a sweep and I'm not patting myself on the back it's just we're that's the disparity between the avalanche and a lot of these other teams and it's not to poo-poo on these other teams it's just the avalanche year in and year out are just such a well-oiled machine and one playoffs it's eventually going to click for them not They've been saying. building for this. I'm not saying years. this is the playoffs, but I'm saying you have a hungry Nathan McKinnon who last year after the playoffs said, I've been in the league for nine years and I haven't won shit. You're going to get an angry Nathan McKinnon. You're getting a Nazem Kadri who's having a career year. You're, you're having Kale McCarr who gets better year after year after Kale year. Kale McCarr had 10 points in four games. This is the perfect storm that the Predators wanted to avoid. And like you said, they just completely blew it. I don't know if the Predators wanted to avoid it. All the fans and everybody else did because they sure <laughs> didn't play like they wanted to avoid it. It's... If they wanted to avoid it, they probably would have, you know, secured two separate games where they had an opportunity to. Yep. At the closing, you, I don't even want to go back to the fall, to the winter, to the early spring or whatnot. Be like, well, what if, what if? There's You could go and nitpick any game. There's so many games that they lost by a goal that you could have been like, sure, yeah, sure, they sure. Nitpick. But at the very end, when you are standings watching – and you know you control your destiny yeah. of what seed you're going to be, you blow it. Yeah. You absolutely blow it. And the thing is, it's not like we're saying they would make a run to the Stanley Cup. It's that you know once you get past that first round, a lot of things can happen. And it's so good for you as a team for building. It's good for your team in terms of money coming in. It's good for the fans to grow the game. It's good on so many accounts to just make it to the second round because this team now 
has not made it past the first round in so long that people are starting to forget. 2017 is becoming a distant memory now. That's five years ago. You can't keep going back to, boy, I remember this down there. That's, five, that's half a the decade. The roster is so different now. Like, I, I don't buy it. Roman into, Yossi is what you got. That's it. That's it. I, I, I don't buy it. into, like, the team made the, that argument is now done. That argument lasts for about three years after you do it. The the team went to the Stanley Cup final. Getting it out of the first round would have meant what you said and so much more to save face. David yes. Boyle now has egg all over his face. John Hines has egg all over his face. But it, so many people are being critical of John Hines. And yeah, I, I get it. There's some micro-coaching mistakes that he definitely made throughout the playoffs. Should have shuffled the lines way earlier. There, There's a lot he should have done. But you've said it. People on Twitter have said it. This is a team who was supposed to just suck. Like, this was a team where things went right and they made the playoffs and it was exciting to get to the playoffs. It wasn't exciting in the playoffs. Anyone who tells you that, <laughs> except for the overtime game, is a liar. Um, this was a team that overperformed and then they got exposed in the playoffs. This is a team where at the beginning of the year when you and I were talking about it and the Predators wanted to roll in the season with David Riddick as the backup... What are you going to do? Like, There's nothing in that scenario where David Riddick is going to carry your team and steal a win. Big Save Dave exists because he's stolen one or two games against shitty opponents in the past. Big Save Dave is good as your number three goalie. He's good as the guy you acquire at the trade deadline to go, okay, if our backup gets hurt in the playoffs, this guy's pretty good. The team should not be relying on Connor Ingram. And yeah, it's great that Connor Ingram came out and had a good showing, and that's awesome for his confidence. He's not the goalie of the future. Please get that out of your head right now. It, it was just <laughs> getting out of the first round would have meant so much more for this team other than, like, we slayed the Colorado Avalanche. It would have been, wow, David Poyle. Good on him for keeping Philip Forsberg for this stretch run. Wow, right. David Poyle, these little moves that you made – and just showed faith in your team. Good for you. At the end of the year, where are the Preds going to draft? It's the same old shit year after year with this team. Because there's just no... We're going to talk about the trade deadline next year. There's no cojones to actually sit down and make a big move. Forsberg should have been gone. A lot of these guys should have been gone at the deadline. Because the team was punching well above its weight class. And this is what was going to happen. And... The, the way I see it, too, I know a lot of folks calling for John Hines' head. No. If, there is a situ if there is a situation, I'd rather see new management and see what John Hines does under new management control, too. And it's more that if Philip Forsberg signs with another team. Which I would say he will. There's that great potential. Now, you, you talk to folks here in Nashville and back here at home. And I get the argument, too, that they've got to be pretty close on something because hopefully Poyle would not let it go that far if they weren't at least close. Or if Poyle heard Forsberg's number, what he's wanting, not willing to give it then, but understanding what he might get in the open market and basically be able to match whatever happens. Yeah. Which that match reminds me of the suitor thing. <laughs> but, but if he's willing to match whatever number comes up in the open market, there's that. But, but if somehow Philip Forsberg is not on this roster next season, that'll be one of the few times that I will go full nuclear on Twitter. 
because y'all know me, I don't call out much and go in full attack mode. But when you were burned by a star player before and you were burned by a college free agent, basically, at least you got a pick out of that, which is great. Yep. But when you've been burned in the past and you don't take it upon yourself to get lots of assets in return to set this team up for a better future. If that happens, and it's an if, you still have some time. And I mean, he could trade him if they all of a sudden don't have anything. He could trade him. He's going to get way less just for negotiating rights. But at least that get, team would have the extra year. Get a fourth, That's about all they'll have. Yeah. That's it. If that happens, especially with me retiring from live <laughs> coverage. Oh, you can go full nuclear then. You will see a Justin Bradford like you have never before on Twitter. <laughs> Lay absolutely into everything because of that mismanagement. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this to happen. It's like <laughs> up until the game was over, I thought to myself, Forsberg could come back, right? And then he did his final lap, and I went, ah, "He's gone." You you don't do a final lap unless like there's that irk, like that lingering feeling in your head as a player that this could very well be it. You don't see players take a final lap. That, of Philip Forsberg's status. He's not a superstar. He's a very good player. We can agree on that, right? Like, he's just a very good player. Superstars take laps to pay homage to the fan base. Very good players. Captains, they also take laps. Or, captains take laps. Very good players? Don't think they're taking a lap unless they're leaving. Like, for sure. I He's, he's not staying. I don't think he's staying. It, it's just been... As soon as the matchup came between them and the Colorado Avalanche, I went, oh boy, goodbye, Philip Forsberg. And now, as soon as he did that lap, it's, oh boy, see you later, Philip Forsberg. Thanks for everything you did for this franchise. Which, I mean, when it happens, we'll have a farewell episode. And I'm ready to accept, like, if I'm wrong on this. But right. it, it, all the signs are pointing towards, like, goodbye. Farewell. Because it doesn't look, because mo- this doesn't happen. You, you re-sign... Your upcoming free agents, or you don't. You don't have much waiting in the wind, and this is not a Mikhail Granlund situation. No, this was like <laughs> this felt like David Poyle went. This is my rental acquisition at the trade deadline, and I will do this just by like just, with Granlund, just by keeping you, and that is it. If, That's not good enough. If David Poyle, like, so going into next year, which we'll have a full season of or episode of many episodes, um, mm-hmm. if you go into next season. And you don't keep Philip Forsberg. Let's say that bridge is crossed. You have to go full rebuild, right? Like there's, you have to go. Hey, Roman Yossi, I'm sorry. This team's about to suck for a little bit. We're gonna do a full youth movement for a year or two. Please stick around, and enjoy the kids. What else? What else are you gonna do? You're anchored by those eight million dollar contracts, so you have to find a way to find the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes to take those. I mean, Matt Duchesne's tradable now, slightly. Way, way more than last yeah, yeah, yeah. season. Yeah, for sure. Like he has Johansson's way more tradable now too. Right. Johansson had a really good season as well. I would still temper those expectations of one good year out of the many compared under... to last right, year. Right, right. So I mean last year you were losing assets to trade Duchesne. Right. This year probably still not gonna get a heck of a lot. No, but like, I think you could you could probably you could probably weasel a first out of somebody. I think you could weasel a second. I don't think you're getting a first. Okay, a second and a mid prospect. Yes, maybe. he now has value. 
Joe Johansson, I don't think you're getting anything higher than a fourth and a mid-level prospect. Depending on the team. True. Yes. And but their cap space. It's the it's the eight million dollars. It's what teams can take on that eight million dollars. Absolutely. This, right. Like. Absolutely. It's just it's it's going to be a very tricky situation in the off season. I would not be surprised if this team looks almost completely different. Oh, I mean, it's something that's like years in the making that should have happened. Well, and I know overall this season, we, we've discussed before. I know we discussed it on PBR Live. This team got to the playoffs in a different route than I thought they would, because instead of it being just up and down the entire season, they showed a flash of brilliance middle of the season of, oh, they actually could be decent. They actually could be good. And that changed expectations in a way of not making them a cup contender, but this team is a playoff team at least. Like, they're at least a playoff team. They're not necessarily going to make a run to the Western Conference Final, but they deserve to be in the playoffs. And then they slowed up. They got really inconsistent. And then Yusuf Saros got hurt. And they're like, yeah, well, shit. So... It, they they arrived to the same conclusion in terms of getting to the playoffs in a different manner than I thought they would arrive to it. Mm-hmm. But that changes things because some of the ways that they got to it was having record years from so many of their players, yet they still only managed to be the eighth seed. And it makes you wonder, it looks just like what Edmonton did in a different manner because they don't have elite players. But look at Edmonton, how they could miss the playoffs with McDavid and Drysaddle having 100-point seasons. Yep. But still not make the playoffs. Yep. Just because you have really good years from players doesn't mean you're a winning team. It, do- it doesn't mean that. It's a great help. But look at Yossi, Duchesne, and Forsberg having career seasons. And then even Saros, based on Kevin Weeks' tweet, is said to be dominating for the Vezina as well. So you have two players nominated for career achievement awards and career season achievement awards, yet this all happens here. So that's that's a credit to the players, but it makes me wonder too, is it the players all of a sudden doing well in John Hines' systems and them taking upon themselves? I think it's a little mix of both because there's some good parts to what John Hines does. There's some frustrating parts too. The good parts is, yes, he made them be more difficult to play against. Bad. They took a shit ton of penalties a shit ton of stupid penalties, a shit ton of lazy penalties because you got beat. The skill differential, and Roman Yossi said it as I'm seeing post-game stuff come in because we're recording this immediately after game four, yep. that there's no comparison. Like, this team is nowhere near being at the level to compete with a Colorado, with no. a Florida, even though Florida's kind of, they're tied with Washington, they're nowhere near the speed to compete with those teams. You look at all these other teams. I was watching Washington, Florida, Dear God, that the speed with awesome. those teams. That was such fun hockey. Yeah, and the speed's just not there. You can be difficult to play against all you want, but you have to have some element of speed on more than just one line, more than just two players. You got to pull this off. The, the the Preds still don't have elite players on the forward areas. They have an elite player in Roman Yossi, and they have was cut, turned it into elite player in Yusa Saros. That's it. Yep. That's it. Philip Forsberg's not elite. He's no. very, very good, but he's not been consistent enough in his career to be elite. The other thing you got to look at, too, is like the scoring that you thought was going to come from the middle six didn't ever come. It never happened. And it's not to blame like some of the players that ended up spending some time on the middle six, like Johansson, who got bumped up and down like a Granlin. Those guys did their job. 
If I told you at the beginning of the season that Phil Tomasino would outscore Luke Cunning by 10 points, you would probably think Phil Tomasino then has to be in the running for the Calder. Nah, wrong. Luke Cunning just sucked. Like, there's, I, I don't like saying a player sucks, but 82 games, 22 points. Not good. You sprinkle an extra, I don't know, 20 points there. The team goes up in the standings a little. Tolvanen. You sprinkle another 15 points on his 23, because you thought some growth would happen. Team goes up another few games. Uh, Yakov Trenin should not have outscored Tolvanen and Cunnan. <laughs> that's just it. That's wrong. Colton Sissons should not have done that. Carrier should not have done that. All these guys should not have outscored these two players. Three players, really. It's It was a matter of, yeah, the top guys came through. Your Yossi came through. Duchesne finally came through. Uh, Ryan Johansson finally came through again. Phil Granlund came as advertised. There's no bashing him for me right now. Philip Forsberg had a great year in the regular season. Everyone else failed this team. You can say, yeah, but they had an identity. They had a checking line. They had the herd line. That's great. That's a great complimentary line to have. You have zero secondary scoring. You have so much primary scoring out the ass, and it's fantastic. It's a great problem to have. But when your secondary scoring is like does nothing... And then your general manager does nothing to address that. You're setting yourself up for failure. You can't just do status quo when you're just plummeting more and more and more. And you can rely on the kids as much as you want. But in a year where you're trying to make the playoffs and they did, and you're trying to be competitive and you're waving to people that you want to get to the second round and you're making like no moves by keeping Phil, it makes no sense. Now, if expectations were different and this was a rebuilding year, you look at Tolvanen and you go, sophomore slump. Sucks. Move on. Right. Next year you'll be better. <laughs> you look at Phil Tomasino and you go, 32 points, 11 goals. Kid's got a bright future. Instead, you look at it and go, Tanner Janot is the only young gun who really impressed me. Phil Tomasino mm-hmm. should have scored more points because that pressure is on him now to perform. Uh, it's unfair pressure for a kid in his first full year of the league. That It shouldn't be that way because people are going to look at him and blame him for middle six scoring. People are going to look at Luke Cunning and deservedly blame him. Like, these are all... It, it starts at the top and trickles its way down to the bottom. That's that's the way it is. And I don't want to I don't want to spend this whole episode going, well, David Poyle's not great at his job. But expectations are going to be completely different next year if this roster remains close to the same. Yeah, and... and... Gover's going off on a tangent on on Twitter as Gover does right now with about Poyle um, and about who's going to be better. It's like you don't know who's going to be better, but sometimes you have to take chances. Yeah, uh, on stuff and the way these rosters have been built is just to get a team to the playoffs because there hasn't been as much. There was pressure to win a Stanley Cup the couple years following the Stanley Cup run to the final and complacency set in a little bit too. I mean, you, you had to make the change. You had a pandemic, weird bubble season. You had a weird shortened season. So, I mean, yeah, I give a little bit of, of rest to some of those things too, just because there's so many weird things. And this was John Hines first full season with a training camp. Weird to think that because he came in January, 2020. Mm-hmm. And this is his first full season with an extra training camp. And, team was adjusting i think they overall adjusted well so it just makes me curious too of some of the different tools that could come in and the coaching decisions that started to get to me for these things was 
why the hell is Ben Harper getting some playing time earlier in the year <laughs> instead of some of the other guys like uh, like a Jeremy Davies or anybody or anybody else? Um, the the decision that I've talked about before bringing in Jeremy Lawson was not that it was Lawson's problem that he came in. It was what was given up for Lawson. That was the issue there, too. Well, it's a draft. It's a lottery. You never know what's going to happen. It is, but you're more likely to get a better player higher in the draft. More likely. Never, never a guarantee. Higher in the draft, especially in a deep draft when you need to continue to build than you are with lower picks. It's just naturally how it happens. So questionable things like there. There's been great things that David Poyle's done. Like the Forsberg trade was fantastic. That was incredible. Yeah, it was a home run. It was an absolute. And, and most GMs have really good things they do. And there's some really bad things that they do as well. I mean, the Subban for Weber trade worked out really well for them. And in a brief moment to where they had to do some things immediately to make that run, boom, Subban came in and immediately made a difference. And then they're able to trade him off to dump that cap really quickly when they had to. Those are two smart moves with Subban to bring him in for a temporary amount of time. And it didn't really affect the team uh, in, in a negative way both times. So, but then there's also been a couple bad things in what in terms of what they've done. I mean, the Santarelli and Franson trade, exposing <laughs> Rem Pitlick earlier this year was questionable because I still think that he's a prospect that could play in the third line uh, on this team that would have been fine. And then the coaching things as well too, in terms of who's getting put out there and why why it takes so long for Cody Glass to get an opportunity in this organization. Because- because the season he had in Milwaukee and you're putting in a Michael McCarron or a Matthew Olivier over a Cody Glass who actually has an offensive upside when you need to score freaking goals. Because David Poyle believes that playoff hockey is just rough and tumble and you can get your scoring from three guys. That's Well, the Colorado Avalanche proved that's not true. You can play rough and tumble with your young kids because they want to do it. Tanner Janot is a special specimen. We're just going to put him aside. Because first, primarily, he is a... I'm going to beat the hell out of you kind of player. But you put in some of these younger guys towards the end of the season, they know it's their audition to make the team. They know that they got to play hard. They know they have to do all these things. Instead, you're putting in a Michael McCarron, a Matthew Olivier. I'm not going to bash on Yakov Trenin because he had a fantastic playoffs. I'll give him that. Um, But these are all guys on almost every team in the league. They're a fourth-line guy and not getting near as much ice time as they're being given right now. But what's John Hines supposed to do when his top players disappear? Just mm-hmm. keep trotting him out there, have no identity the whole game, and then he puts out the herd line, which wasn't that good for half the playoffs. You can't establish an identity there. So he's going, what do I do? This is what I've been given. I don't have a star player right now that can go out and score me a goal. I can't play my first line confidently because they don't look good. can't play my second line confidently because they don't look good. All right, Yakov Trenin. <laughs> I need you to carry this team again or alright Roman Yossi play like a forward like John Hines did what he could with the hand he was dealt and the hand he was dealt was not good it was like getting a 12 in blackjack and the dealer has a face card and then you oh hit a face God. card and you're like well yeah that's, that's probably what was going to happen the end like a lot of the onus if I'm blaming anyone I've got 80% on Poyle, 20% on Heinz. Yeah, and I think I'll, even though a lot of fan bases like Fire Heinz, Fire Heinz, I think most of them would agree at least with that because the fault in, it comes into what you built with the roster and then what you're doing to call up certain players. Mm-hmm. And and the, the other thing, too, that people talk about is 
if Carl Taylor does not get a promotion in this organization soon, he's going to be lost to an NHL team because he is showing what he can do because this, the Milwaukee Admirals sucked to begin the season. They turned it around big time and they are winning playoff games without Connor Ingram in net. Mm-hmm. They're showing they can win with, with their backup goalies. Well, I and mean, when, you brought... when David Poyle doesn't want to play some of his young players, then Carl Taylor just gets all these good guys in the minors. Yeah, and, and he gets to go, and now okay, I'll have Askarov, fun. Askarov has made his way over, and he looks very happy to be in North America and have escaped the wrath of the KHL <laughs> and everything to have not playing him and, and everything. So yeah, Carl Taylor has a bright future ahead because he's young he, he gets how to coach at a different level and how to talk to his players and be a player's type of coach. You need proper balance with that, of course, too. But it's it's getting to that point where they're going to have to make a decision there, too. And this is – I've been talking with other people, too. Not exactly who said this. I think it might have been Gover that in terms of who potentially could be a good person to take over general manager, not Brian Poyle and not um, Scott Kelty, but Scott Nichol who's the general manager of the Milwaukee Admirals Yep. and former player for the Predators and multiple teams. He obviously has been a player, uh, a director of player development as well, too. And so you start seeing those key items there, too, of in terms of developing players. That's what you want, focusing on young, how you do that, too. Somebody that that is fairly fresh to the general managing type of thing. If you want to keep it within the organization, that would also be my pick percentage chance that david poyle is actually no percentage chance that john hines <laughs> is the coach next season 75 percent. i'd go 80 so that's pretty good percentage chance that david poyle is the general manager next season 95 percent. i was gonna say 99 so glad we're into in there <laughs> because because adam vingan put on an article immediately as the game ended so you could tell this one was in the hopper he was just waiting for it to to happen mm-hmm. but the the headline is Vingen, Predators ownership can no longer stay silent about direction of franchise. Because it's been an ownership group. <clears throat> and we see how much in terms of owners and sports, when it's a single owner, mm-hmm. a lot a lot more things happen. Because it's one person directly in charge of what's going on. When you have a group, it's really difficult to get an entire group of people to agree on one thing. Mm-hmm especially if they're making money. Mm-hmm. Why make changes if you're content? Mm-hmm. Now, you, you have your chairman of the board and everything, and, and every, but until the ownership group puts the onus on the organization to have to make runs or to have to be super competitive or to start looking at what the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche have done, is like, we want you to be there in five years. Then, then no changes are going to be made because David Poyle is the general manager and the president of hockey operations. Yep. A lot of organizations have those two titles split because you have a general manager and you'll have someone that can be the second set of eyes on, on decisions that are being made personnel-wise, whether it's coaches, players, whatnot. That doesn't happen. He has sole ownership of what's going on with everything that's happening on ice. And that's a consideration too of is that something that gets split up to let David Poyle wean himself off of one of those positions to have another head honcho in the office to help make some of these decisions as well. What goes on there? There, There's so many different question marks now because the way the season ended, I think even if they push this to six games, 
we would not be having the same conversations. No, they'd be different. If you can push the Avs to six games, you got some gusto. You got something to build on. But, I mean, for me, my leash on David Poyle expired two years after the cup run. Because you get those two years after that of going, oh, we were that close, let's try again. And then you do it again, you had a very good showing in 17-18. You go, ooh, 18-19, lost in the first round of the Stars. Damn, not great, not great, not great. Year after, you go, lost in the qualifying round of the Coyotes. Not good. Not good whatsoever. Not great, Bob. Year after, you go, lost to the Hurricanes. Ooh, not good again. This year, swept by the Avalanche. That's it. Your your leash is done as a general manager. But like you said, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Based on what you've laid out, what Adam Vingan's laid out, the way the politics work, like you said, between Mm -hmm. having a group ownership, there's no scenario where David Poyle is fired unless this team finishes dead last for like two seasons in a row or finishes like bottom five for two seasons in a row. And even then, I don't think he gets fired. I think they go one more season and you got to step down. Okay. Unless you watch do... us, watch us eat crow like yeah. in two days. Oh yeah. It'd be the funniest thing. Ever. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with that, but it'll be, Hey David, we're going to give you one more season here, but if it goes kind of sideways, you got to step down deal. And then they would do something where, let's say, next year, this hypothetically happens, they play Colorado again, and they do Mm -hmm. what you and I just said, and they take them to six. Then David Poyle probably goes to ownership and goes, but we were so close against the Avalanche. Let me try again. And ownership goes, it's cheaper to not fire you or let you go. Okay, do it again. And the vicious circle continues and continues and continues. It's, uh... I'd love for us to eat crow, actually. I'd love for you and I to say a 95 and 99% prediction went wrong. I'd, I'd love it. That'd be the best day ever because it means something went right. Yeah. <laughs> and as and most people can tell, my voice is is leaving me thanks to yeah, allergies. I was supposed to been... ask you, are you okay? Because <clears throat> when we first connected on the call, I was like, you must just have something on your throat or in your no, throat. No, it's, it's been bad for like four or five days. Where just my voice has just been. Bleh. Did you take any medicine, Claritin? Well, well, no. I mean, I spray my nose and everything, but just have to drink so much water because what are you allergic it's just to? so dry. Pollen? Oh, okay. I mean, me too. But this is sound... the South, bro. You sound this like you're the... eating pollen, though. This is the South, bro. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Temperatures this... up here. Where's my phone? How warm is it today? It wasn't. We're gonna we're gonna hit ninety Fahrenheit this week. Yeah, Kyle, friend of the show, Perkins, told me that it's going to get up to 90, and I went, words that I can't say on here too often. Like, <laughs> that's that's nuts. It, it's uh, 11 Canadian degrees right now. I'm not doing the math. I don't know what that is. Jeez. Well, a lot cooler than here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would give anything for that right now. It's nice, too. It's not a humid... You shut up right now. It's like it's breezy. My window is open. Oh no, it was sh- open. You shut. You shut up. Shut yeah, it's, up. It's beautiful. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Are we done with Predstock? I mean, we're we're gonna have so many more thoughts. It's it's really gonna depend on what happens. Come free agent time, is how we will I think overall react. Like it's a delayed reaction, mm-hmm. and so much because yeah, it's a reaction on how the team performed. 
in the playoffs, and they performed how we kind of thought they would. They this got was, smacked. This was literal worst-case scenario for this team. Yeah. It was make the playoffs, okay. If you get past the first round, good for you. Then we're yeah. not going to doo-doo on you too much. But the second you make the playoffs and get swept and you F yourselves out of a good draft pick. They did it to a, themselves. A decent draft pick. Not even like a good top five, top ten. This is a deep-ass draft. It's a good draft. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the Preds are still going to get a good player. But if you draft in the top 15-ish, top 13-ish of this draft, you are probably getting a top four defenseman or a top six forward. You draft in the second half, you're getting a middle six, which is fine. But this was the year to just suck a little more. And then instead, they sucked a little less, made the playoffs, and got swept. And then, did you see the thing on Twitter? I was just scrolling through that fans were throwing Skittles at Kale McCarr. Oh, God. That's brutal. Do better. Do better, people. Like, it's a... I don't want to get into this too much. Just be a better person. Yeah, I... The... I see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see it as the people that were doing that, that were might have been lower bowl, are the ones that are fair weather. They're not ones that are with the team through highs and lows, ups and downs, things like that, too. They're not the ones that give all their money to support a team mm-hmm. that deserve to have opinions because they invest a lot of their money and buy merchandise, things like that. These are people that just want to spend a lot of money, go to a playoff game because it's something that's going to be cool for the gram. Get it filmed. And, I was about to say, this is probably filmed yeah. on Instagram mm-hmm. of. Watch me throw Skittles on the ice. Yeah, I kill Makar. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. But anyways, we have both been through a lot of changes here lately. Yeah, that's why we haven't been here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think our last episode is right after the stadium series. And it was two weeks after the stadium series because we were busy. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, So Matt got a new job. Mm-hmm. I got... Boy, can you imagine how behind it would be if we we're still locked on? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you imagine how quickly they'd be like, what are you guys doing? Get out of here now. Like, we have jobs. Yeah, we, we do other things, thanks. Um, Matt had got a new job. I got a new job again, but I'm much <laughs> happier where I'm at now than where I was. Yeah. Um, Alex and I had our wedding reception. Um, the Pred season ended. Uh Doctor Strange came out. Okay, okay. came out. And, and <laughs> you can't <laughs> add these things as why we're busy. You were good right after, or right up until you said Doctor Strange came out. People took us seriously until you <laughs> said that. What well, I, I I've seen it three times. You're fucking kidding me. What? Well, dude, it's been out like three me. days. Excuse me. Excuse. What? Don't judge me. No, I'm judging usually, you for not seeing an opening usually week. You hit like that number after a week or so, but it's been like what three days, four days. It came out last Thursday night. It's Monday. It's Tuesday morning. It's Monday. Yes, yeah, so that's five days, smartass. That's three out of five days that you see. I went to a press screening last week on Monday. How good? Well, out of ten. Yeah. Out of 10, I will give it an 8.5. And I know you're, like, pretty bang on about these things, so, okay. I've heard super mixed reviews, so. And it depends on what kind of Marvel fan you are. I'm pre- I, You and I align on most parts Marvel, so. 
yeah i think if you're deep into stuff you're gonna enjoy it yeah there's certain parts that i enjoy a lot there's certain things i wish they would explore more there's certain things that are just like oh my god that's cool well um was it better than the first doctor <clears throat> strange oh yeah yeah really because i really enjoyed the first doctor strange a lot yeah i believe it was the better than the first one a lot of the first one is really origin story it's him him interacting a lot more and there being a lot more gravity to, the, to decisions being made too mm-hmm. because it's tied in more so that's why i say it's better than the first one also, uh, Wanda Maximoff, mommy. Uh, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Papi, why did you say that? <laughs> Once uh, you see the movie, you'll know. Okay. <laughs> I'll just message you, like, hard eyes, and you'll know. Okay. And then also, movie. Matt moved. Yeah, I have a uh, new as well. backdrop that is only yeah, he, part he, of the screen. So He's in the Bahamas now. Yeah, I wish. It's 11 degrees in the Bahamas. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? No, I moved like, <laughs> it's like 35 minutes from where I was before. But I'm not in a basement anymore recording. I have my own office. With a window. With a w- I have two windows that aren't basement windows. You're not a troll anymore. And my walls aren't made out of blackout curtains anymore either. I have, actual, oh my God. I have a door. I have a mini fridge wow. down here now, too. It's pretty awesome. It doesn't sound like a toilet's just flushing all the time. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, it's it's a lot better. I need to soundproof the room a bit more, but it's pretty good. The only it's shitty not... part about where I live, though, across the street and about one, two, three, four houses down, there's these kids that are like, I don't know. I call them kids. I feel like an angry old man. I feel like, um, uh, yeah, just an angry old man. But they yeah. have their garage open all the time, and they're, like, working on these shitty Honda Civics and these shitty, like, just crappy tuner cars that aren't fast or anything like that. They have more stuff going on in the exterior than they do on, like, the engine parts and shit like oh, that. Oh, God. And all you hear is just, like, bram, 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 and, like, they're working on cars all the time. They'll rev their engines. But the one part that pisses yeah. me off the most is we're not allowed to park on the street where I live right now because the streets are too narrow. These assholes park on the street all the time, and there's like three or four cars on the street. I drive a compensation pickup truck, and it's hard for me to drive around because they park on the street. So I'm just waiting for like new neighbors close to us to move in, (laughs) and I'm going to be the guy that calls by law. All right. I feel like an angry old man now that I... like have a house well it's, yeah and i can do these things also hanging pitcher sucks because <laughs> i can't just ad hoc stick things to walls or have jerseys hanging up and call it a day like you gotta measure this shit and it's it's tough welcome to adulthood bud yeah i'm i'm a young adult i don't know you see you sometimes seem like you're in your 30s old man that's yeah, completely fair i do sometimes <laughs> so like real quick tell everybody about your new job yeah um what you're doing there so it's right up your alley totally. it is it is i left sportsnet Ooh, gotta be careful how we word things here i left sportsnet because my long-term goals did not match their compensation and growth projections that's the best way to put it basically the dumb way is the, the what i'm saying is i wasn't paid what i was worth and they had no plans on paying me what i was worth ever interviewed totally for fair. yeah i interviewed for a bunch of jobs i actually accepted one with a different job and uh was gonna start there i and, know what that's like yeah <laughs> and then after like a week i was it was like a week away from starting i did them dirty because another company that i was interviewing with 
really paid me what I'm worth and had such a better environment from the sounds of it. And it wasn't about the money, honestly. It was about like the fit for me, the role. Like I'm managing a full team of people that just kick a ton of ass. Um, I get to work from home remote forever. The company is based out of Vancouver, which is super cool. If I ever want to go there, the opportunity mm. is there for me. Um, but yeah, I'm the head of content at a place called Snapcall Media. Basically, we take on clients and they're like, hey, we want to start a podcast or, hey, we want to do this TV show or, hey, like we want to build a graphics package and do things like that. We help them. We can film the shows for them. Um, we're partnered with people like 888 Poker. Uh, we got people going to the World Series of Poker and things like that. It's a lot of poker and casino focus, but I've been brought on to do a lot of like the sports stuff. Like we're, we have a show called best bet where we have five professional like gamblers going up against one another. And we gave them like imaginary dollars, but whoever wins the most money out of those imaginary dollars at the end, wins a pretty hefty cash prize. And so like I revamped that show completely. And like from day one, this company has trusted me to do pretty much anything. They're like, yeah, you can hire and fire anyone you want. And I was like, ha ha ha. Very funny. And like two weeks later, <laughs> they're like, no, 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 you, you can actually do that if you want. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is no, big again. Boy. This is a big boy job. But no, it's awesome. Like, it's a really good work-life balance now because they understand that, like, people are people and I can take time off. And, like, if mm-hmm. I go golfing in the morning, I can be, like, 30 minutes late after my tea time because work-life balance is great. It's the first job since 2014 where I have a Monday to Friday. I haven't had a Monday to Friday since 2014. Oh, man. So this is, like, I get to do stuff on weekends now. And evenings. My shifts end at 7 p.m. Eastern. I don't start work at 6 p.m. Eastern anymore. It's, uh, quality of life has gone up. I'm much more happy in the workplace. I think people can notice that I'm happier, too, because I'm not a miserable dick. Um, it's, <laughs> it's been good. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, yeah, here's a small dick now. <laughs> no, that's why I said compensation truck. <laughs> yeah, but you're repping the shirt from your new company. And I mean, you and I like chatted behind the scenes before you made the transition over and everything. But you are just genuinely like ear to ear grinning with this job. And like, you, oh, yeah, I think you've shown it off more in a good way. I'm not like poo pooing on like social media in the first week of your job compared to the whole tenure at your other job. And that's not to say your other job was shit, but I'm just saying like this fits you so much better. Well, who cared about and my follower base who cared about Medicare? Well, yeah, that. And I mean like you this <laughs> this is right up your alley. What you're doing with Special Olympics Tennessee, this is way it's, better. It's sports, it's nonprofit and everything I'm doing is still completely relevant to people that follow me when it comes to sports and also the community. So it's been absolutely fantastic. In my first week, I got to interview Drew McIntyre, WWE superstar. That's pretty cool. And champion. Yeah. I mean, You're not I don't even to... follow professional wrestling. But, but that's a I big know... deal. It's a big deal, but I know enough because so many of my friends do. So I understand how big of a deal it was. That plus, dude, it's big. I, mean, <laughs> I was, hey. Hey. I just... Probably the friendliest guy, too. Oh, so friendly. So friendly. He just moved to the Nashville area. So he's based here now, along with Seamus, is based here. So many are, are based here now in terms of former professional athletes or WD wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. And so he came to visit our athletes at Santana Sportsplex and gave every single one of them championship belts. 
That's awesome. That's like that's a stand up move. That like for the kids who get those belts and things like that, that's a lifelong memory. Like Exactly. Exactly. So did that and then so did that a feature and that went viral. Nice. That was awesome. That that video feature. So the the work that I do, like with penalty box radio, the hockey interviews that I've done, everything, I'm applying the way I put build content and now I'm doing it for a full time job. Yeah. So that's I've been working towards this like for the past decade of trying to get a full-time job in sports and now i do but now it even means more because i wake up and i do meaningful work it's not just doing stories and content for the sake of content and stories it's the content i produce is making a difference in people's lives and that's what's important bringing attention uh, helping to bring donations helping to bring all that so it's incredible and let's see today got to go to geodas park the nashville sc stadium where they just earned their first home win at Geodas Park on Sunday and our athletes from our unified team, which is where you take um, our our Special Olympics athletes and you pair them with able athletes to form a team. So the, the MLS supports this. So this is a huge thing. The MLS wants unified teams for every single city to where they'll travel and get to play against the same opponent that their MLS team is playing against. That's cool. So that's awesome right there on the pitch. So Nashville season been working on this. Obviously, we had the pandemic that delayed it, but they signed our athletes to one to, to contracts. So the general manager was there, and they all had jerseys made for them with their last names on their That's jerseys. That's cool. <clears throat> and then Tempo, the mascot, was there. The supporters came out too, along with family and friends. So you had people in like from the roadies and everything were there. Plus, goaltender Joe Willis and defenders. Uh, Taylor Washington and Eric Miller were there too to take pictures of the players, and then Jamie Watson, who's the radio, not the radio, but the TV color commentator, was there as well. And then they went out to the pitch, and they had soccer practice. That's cool. That's having MLS players pass them balls and kick them into the goal and everything too. Like, and I was there capturing content, so I got to interview Joe Willis, goaltender for Nashville SC. This is what I do: interviewing athletes. Except it's my day job now, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. and it's different stories. Like, yeah. it's not to say, and like you said, it's more impactful too. And it's not to say like hockey coverage isn't impactful, but this is like this is special. This is like human interest kind of impactful. Absolutely. Which is Absolutely. like, if I know you, and I think I do, <laughs> I think you value that a little more than Absolutely. most people, and you've got the right values to do it. No, it's awesome. I I do think we need to bring up though. That it's your farewell from PBR. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I most people who <clears throat> listen to this show listen follow to, yeah, you follow and both. follow. Yeah, yeah. So they know. But I feel like <clears throat> it's definitely worth talking about. It is. So those that know, Glenn and I announced we're ending our PBR live show at the end of the season. Well, it's the end of the season, so we're gonna have a wrap up show for the season, and then we'll have our series finale. Uh, that'll be next week. So wrap-up show will be this week for the season. And then next week, we're going to have plenty of guests. <laughs> I mean, Chase McCabe, our original producer, who is all, who is now the program director for 1025 The Game. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That in one decade, it went from him being our first producer, being a young kid in college, to now being the program director for the radio station. Uh, Sean Henry, the president of the National Predators, like, I better be on that show. That's cool. 
we're, we're definitely going to have some special guests to do some reminiscing. So I'm going to push for it to be longer than just one hour. I, I don't think we can do a final show in one hour. Um, and then also retiring from the press box. That one That's is gonna a be very big different. deal. Yes. <clears throat> That's a big deal. Um, but the good thing is, it's uh, Abigail Martin has been doing a great job covering the press. She's covered more than half the games, I think, this season. And she'll be graduating from MTSU in December. And she covered the playoffs. She covered game four. She got to see what it was like from a press box perspective to see handshakes. So goals for her to take over uh, in the press box. And then, excuse me, my throat's getting so dry and I don't even know why. Uh, Because I'm not sick. Gonna cry. That's the weird part. Gonna cry. No, I'll I'll cry next week. I know you. Um, But it's going to be different. I mean, in the the way I explained it was couple different things 70 plus nights a year between home games and live radio shows that were scheduled you had to be there this many hours like for a Preds home game I get there at 5 30 wouldn't get out of there till 11 yeah that's a, that's a big commitment <clears throat> that'd be after the day job yep so that's a long time working um radio show typically get there 30 to 45 minutes for the show to do print planning prep work leaves on the other side of town come home that's a lot of nights where you you can't do stuff like there's concerts i want to attend there's stuff i want to do i want to live more life and and enjoy more things too that's why i'm switching to pot like triple p is going to (coughs) exist this is going to be around yeah because we do this when we can and it's a very good mutual understanding we don't have an yeah lo overlord yeah yeah we're not tied down to you have to have this many episodes or we have to do it here then flexibility flexibility is what's needed um there's that then it's just time glenn and i decided it was time she's in in her new career as a real estate agent time things happen where she just has to go to work yep so we we did our job we grew hockey so much um we completed so many projects and i'm starting another one so i'll go ahead and say this here about what the new project is and actually i'll drop a hint on something so give me one second to drink a water do i know the new project <coughs> you dick oh i'm sorry what i'm just giving you business <clears throat> now okay. so we've teased it a little bit on twitter but this is a, a thing that obviously if you've been following along on twitter or instagram or tiktok you've been seeing i post a lot about movies you all know that if you listen to Triple P, how much I talk about movies. Well, I figure I might as well make it official. Um, and so I'm joining Music City Film Critics Association. Oh. An official movie critic. Um, so my reviews will have a little bit more weight to it. But also with that, um, myself and Jeremy K. Gover, as you know, he's one of my best friends, and Jim Chandler, who is from 107.5 The River, which is the top 40 station here in Nashville, Matt. And he's played on my hockey team before. Yeah. Mighty Drunks and everything. We are starting a film podcast. Wow. Because all three of us would be a part of this association. Therefore, we'll have press screenings so we can That's actually That's how have... you got the press screening. Yeah. Ah. So, it'll give us early access to movies so we can go ahead and prepare content. That's freaking sweet. So I already had my press screening set for Top Gun as well. I hate you month. again. I was really happy for uh, you, and now I'm back down <laughs> to not enjoying you again. 
that's the we already have our our name set. The Can name you share is that set or no? It. I'll share it off air. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I like that. We just decided today. Nice. We had to go through like ten different names because they all kept getting taken. That sucks. We're like shit, it's taken. Damn it, it's still active too. <laughs> no, um, that's fantastic. But again, flexibility. We'll have time. Like we want to release at least two episodes a month. Um, but we're gonna do big time movies that are coming out, smaller time movies. We're gonna review classic movies that might be from you know ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years ago that p- people maybe haven't seen or just give our thoughts on those movies. I mean, it could be anything from like a, a true classic like a Casablanca to Billy Madison um, or Happy Gilmore. I mean, we want to really run the gamut with what we're doing, talking about movies because there's not always going to be a brand new movie every week that deserves to be talked about and reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, no. so that's awesome I mean yeah. like the one thing I've known about you since I've know, like met you is that you're always chasing passions and doing things that you truly give a shit about and yeah. I mean if you're not invested and it doesn't speak to you then you leave it and I'm not saying that PPR doesn't speak to you I, I think this is awesome because it's another passion you're chasing because you found a way to relay that first primary passion of like covering sports into actually getting like it's your living that's now what you get to do exactly to put money on the table and now you're just going to allocate your time to other passions and building things and i think that's fantastic that's that's 100 percent what it is because i'm not leaving sports like if you all saw my twitter i have plenty of things from soccer yeah and i've already done a predators event already i went to the last predators home game of the regular season but i was as a, there as a representative of special olympics because they were giving all the charities that are part of that deck score and win <clears throat> promotion where it's certain players score. It means they donate to certain organizations yeah. depending on who scores. Because there's a representative of Special Olympics, Tennessee. I'm not going to be a stranger to sports. I'm very much, I'm probably even more involved. I, I think actually... Be more sports now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you'll be able <clears throat> to take in more and more and more sports. Not even just hockey. I think you'll be able to watch more hockey too. Oh, watch more. And so two weeks ago, we had an event called the Music City Blitz, which is a flag football tournament for adults and our athletes. But a lot of adult teams come out, especially like a bunch of different like police teams come out like called the Battle of Badges. Mm-hmm. And they, these people, these were athletes and they're playing at Nissan Stadium on the football field. But for our athletes, they get to run drills and actually play a flag football game as well, too. And here's who came out because they all are in Nashville. Mike Vrabel, obviously, was there. So he was awesome pumping him up. Mark Bolger, Matt Castle, and Jared Allen. Like Minnesota Vikings, Pro Bowl yeah. multiple times. Yeah, Jared Allen lives in Nashville now. That's cool. Uh, yeah. No, you're. it's just it's new, fun, big opportunities for you. Just it fits your lifestyle better. And I'm, say, I'm not yep. saying you're getting old. I'm just saying... <laughs> You're settling, Flexibility. You're settling down. You're doing things you truly give a shit about. I mean, you're a married man now. It's weird. Well, Alice <laughs> wants to make sure that people know, like, she didn't make me do any of this. This is all me. No, and I it mean, was. It was all my decision too. So anybody who's close to you knows that too. Like that. That was never even a thought for me because I was like, right. <laughs> I just know how you are. No, that's awesome. It, it's sad for me to see you vacate PBR because without PBR, I mean, this show doesn't exist. True. Our friendship doesn't exist. But it's always going to be around. I'm not. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Be active I, I know. Thing, so. But I'm just saying, like, you should be very proud of the impact you've 
Oh, I am. I'm so proud. So many people. And I'm not going to go into like the impact that you did on me because I've done it to you now already. And I don't want to rehash <laughs> because it just wouldn't be genuine the second time. You know what I mean? But like, oh, yeah. No, from a broad spectrum, you can go up and down PBR's list of alumni and just people who are still there. And you can see the Bradford effect. <laughs> you can see people who have good values, who have good morals, and don't sacrifice that for anything. You can see people who put their heart and soul into content and give a shit about what they do. You see people who have a backbone and stand up for themselves. Like, you did more than shape good hockey content. You shaped good people. Well, thank you. That that really does mean a lot. That's exactly... That's, that's the goal, man. Yep. Build people up, especially the young ones that are in college or high school. Give them opportunities, but teach them how to fend for themselves. Yep. And they're going to survive very, very well. You gave a kid who typed in OHL internship in Ontario an opportunity to do stuff in Nashville. <laughs> so, I mean... And it worked. The world needs more people like you, my friend. That's that's it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, now once we're getting all settled in and everything, there'll be more episodes that will continue to go. I'm not promising we're going to give you all, like, we're going to have three episodes this month. No, just no, we're not going anywhere. We're still going to have Triple P. We're still going to talk Preds because I'm still going to pay attention. Of mm -hmm. course, I'm still going to be around. It's just not every single game am I going to be live tweeting an event. We can talk plenty of other things, too, because we always talk pop culture. We always talk, you know, Philippines. We've got, we which, have. Which, by the way, hold on. My, uh, my full Filipino cousin at my reception got totally plastered, and it was awesome. What do you drink? Everything. What'd you have? A lot. So we... <laughs> We had a buddy from college brought uh, Spotted Cow beer from Wisconsin keg. down. That looked cool. He drank a lot of that. We had liquor, lots of liquor. We had wine, lots of wine. It was an open bar at my reception. You missed that. I was, um, it was my move-in weekend. I, I know. <laughs> I told you I was going to plan to come. I, I know, I know. conflicted with me moving. I and know. Guess what it did. Uh, it conflicted with you moving, but you yeah. should have moved your he reception. Was, <clears throat> he was talking with everyone, and it was awesome because he had that Asian lush going. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was glowing, glowing? He was glowing, Dang. and he was such a happy boy. He was, I'm so glad he was able to make it because I don't get to hang out. He lives in Arizona. So I don't get to hang out with him too much, and so it was just it was fun to see him. He was talking with everybody. He that's, made friends with so many people. And, so and he had a drink people. in his hand the entire time. That's the best. Everybody needs that partying Filipino cousin. Oh, yeah. That's He's just, just happy. Just happy yeah. to be there. And no harm to anybody. Just wants to drink nope. and have a good time and unwind. And that's yep. it. That's yep. He hilarious. had a good vacation in Nashville. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there'll be plenty. There'll be plenty. And we'll do mailbag episodes. So don't fret on asking hockey questions because... I'll find myself probably paying more attention to other hockey stuff now that I don't have to do it because I have to. Mm -hmm. I do it because I want to. Mm -hmm. Just to be fair. I also think we're going to see <clears throat> Unhinged Bradford a little more, too. Just a tad. Not not a lot. I mean, Because you already got plenty of that. You already got a lot of my real thoughts yes. on here. But I mean, like, so. I feel like now that the pressure of you don't have the credential, but you have the, the legacy is the word I was going to use. Yes, of course. Right? But, like... I feel like we'll get a little more unfiltered Bradford after dark now. No doubt. 100% guarantee it. I mean, you did say mommy this episode, so. Elizabeth Olsen. Stop this. What? I can see what's happening under your desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twiddle that a little more. 
audio oh, listeners God. are probably people, very confused, and that's great. People that aren't watching are very confused. Yeah, so that's your reward for watching the podcast. Once you see Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, you 100% understand why. Why you said mommy. Okay. Yep. Mm. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. You can go ahead and follow us at Triple P Podcast underscore on Twitter. And as always, hopefully my voice is back for our next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. A Triple P, mommy.